You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Very powerful words and images from Jesus today to his disciples and words for us today as well because these words apply to all of us who are conformed to Jesus, who is the light of the world, the salt of the earth. It's very interesting to think about today as well the significance of these words and how they will become truly real, how their prophetic words for the life of these disciples who, after this time with Jesus, after his death and resurrection, they are going to go forth and truly live this reality out, going to the ends of the world, preaching and testifying to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life, preaching in the synagogues, the temples, the Decapolis areas, the public areas of debate, and proclaiming that Jesus is the Lord. The one who was crucified has been raised. They're going to do it oftentimes with a lot of persecution, oppression. They're going to be thrown into prison. They're going to be beaten, bruised, thrown out of towns, and pretty much all of them, except for one, are going to be killed because of their faith. Truly salt and light in a world of darkness and lukewarmness. Then think about the early church community that comes, that's born out of their testament, their life that was truly light and salt, that transformed and irritated the world so that it would become anew. These early church Christian communities that really truly lived as light unto the world and in the same way bore testament through their lives and were willing to be a testament to the world, especially in moments of great difficulty, of suffering, ultimately, once again, until death. They're being tortured and persecuted, thrown to the lions there in Rome, and yet they're glorifying God, saying he is the king of the universe, light and salt unto the world. I don't know about you, my dear brothers and sisters, but I think this scripture passage is really good for us to think about in light of that reality. So what, what actually came forth from it, and what did Jesus envision? Because nowadays, I think when we think about being light and salt unto the, the world, we, we do it, but I don't know about you, it's easy for me to do it when I'm happy, and when I'm well-rested, when I'm in a good place, I'm not stressed out, when there's not all these concerns on my life. Basically, maybe like the two weeks of the year when I go on vacation. <laughs> it's easy to be light and salt when we're in that place. The true difficulty of living this out is really all those moments of our life and sometimes those difficult moments where we really are in that place of oppression, places of suffering, places of difficulty. And we all experience that pretty regularly throughout our life. You know, there's moments during the day, and then sometimes there's longer periods that we go through that desolation that is part of being part of this world of, of sin and brokenness. 
Just this last week, I kind of went through a, a rough week this last week. Father Will was gone on retreat this last week, so thanks be to God, he got time to be renewed and rested and, and, and to have that time with the Lord. Uh, but it meant a little extra work for me here, which totally fine. It was a great week, lots of good stuff going on, but it was, it was difficult. I had just a lot more responsibilities, a lot going on. Um, it was a difficult week for me, maybe a, a week where I was feeling the strain of really not wanting to be light and salt in my vocation as a priest, you know? And, and you guys experience that as well, of course, you know, as parents, you know, as spouses. There's always those moments where you're being called to give. In a certain sense, it's your responsibility to give, but it's so hard to come outside of yourself and give to the other because what? We, we want to be cared for. We want others to shine the light on our life, vivify our life. Yeah, it was a tough week. I, I uh, the st- started the week I was at DCYC with our youth. Awesome experience, 2,000 youth. I was there with the Ministry of Courage. I don't know if you guys know, but last year in October, I got named as the new chaplain for the Ministry of Courage for our diocese, which is a ministry that walks with those who struggle with same-sex attractions and really walks with them in the struggle that we all have to live chastity in our life and the unique challenges that come with that, and the desire that they have to, to be known and loved and be in community and, and truly have a life that's full of joy and life. Basically things that we all desire and what God wants for us. So I gave, I was there running the table for courage, and, and then I gave two breakout talks to the teens, and it was, it was a tough experience for me. It was my first kind of speech speaking engagement for courage, and you know, as you guys know, talking about same-sex attraction is just such a charged issue nowadays in our society, politically, socially, and, and it's, it's a place where so many of us nowadays come with just a deep connection with that in our life. A lot of us nowadays have people who struggle with that themselves, and the teens I was talking to, you know, more than 50% raised their hand that that was a reality in their own life or with their friends and family, and so I was really nervous and, you know, afraid of, like, rejection and what might happen. I, I couldn't even sleep the night before, so it was a tough week just kind of trusting in the Lord and, and just getting up there and doing it, you know, just standing in the gap. And then this last week, uh, just the challenges here at the office with a bunch of stuff. Uh, I was struggling a little bit on Thursday. My grandmother, um, who passed away about two, three years ago, her birthday was this last week, and so I was kind of remembering her and just a little sad, you know, just remembering her life and grieving a little bit. And just the providence of the Lord just so happened that it was just a week full of a lot of anointing of the six. So I went out and did seven anointing of the six throughout the week. So about five people who were right there on death's door. And uh, it, was a, it was a challenging experience to be kind of struggling with that, remembering my grandmother and her passing, and then being forced, and I say forced, you know, it, I, I chose to go, and it's, that's why I became a priest to do this, but quote-unquote, if I had my if I could decide what to do, I probably wouldn't want to go and be in that situation when I'm, you know, grieving myself. But to go there and be present and be Christ to those people and, and, and to proclaim the truth in the midst of my quote-unquote desolation and grief, to, to ask for the grace to be light and salt to proclaim the truth that, God, you're providing for this person who's dying and to witness to the family that he's alive there. So a challenging week, and I was just reflecting on just these readings about that's our reality so often in our life, where, where it's those moments where we're struggling and in pain and going through that heaviness that just we go through in our life, where 
That's where the rubber meets the road, and it's so hard in that place so often to choose to be light and to come outside of ourselves and to love others. And to truly let the faith be real there. Because that's, that's what was so powerful about the early Christians. That's why the faith spread all over the world. That's why I think today the faith isn't alive. It's because we, we struggle so often in these difficult moments of our life to truly bear testimony to the faith that is within us. You know, it's interesting. The people around us who aren't alive in their faith, it's those moments of difficulty in our life when we're struggling where they really look at us and, and are really noticing, is that faith real? When someone can choose love in the midst of suffering in their life and other people see that, that's the most powerful testimony that that faith, that love is real. Because it's a love stripped away from any kind of selfishness, the way in which we get built up in our faith. It's, it's literally just a, a naked gift of our poverty. I choose to love because I know that I've been loved and Christ has loved me in that way too, giving everything unto death. You know, do we do that in our life? Are we challenged in that? That was what I was challenged with this last week. And, and thanks be to God, I just had a lot of graces too. I was thinking about in pre- preparing for the homily just how so often in the last two and a half years that I've been a priest, when I've had rough weeks like this last week, so often I haven't done that well. In the midst of the stress and the burden, I've escaped, you know. I've been faithful during the day, but then like in the evening when I've had free time, I've gone to my normal escapes, things that are not of the Lord, typical sins in my life. Places of escape, we all do that. We're especially vulnerable vulnerable during those times of desolation, and the evil one's very good at knowing our weaknesses, and just all he has to do is just slightly nudge us to that place where we seek meaning and renewal and and communion, not in Jesus, but in something else that ultimately never fails to satisfy. Maybe it's technology. We just get pushed, you know, at the end of the day, what? In just to that aimless watching the television. Going to the media to give us purpose and meaning in our life. You know, maybe we become bitter and start to blame others for the burden that's being put on us. Maybe we vent to others and, and we come out and direct anger or violence against those we love, our family that are closest to us. May we even reject God. God, why have you abandoned me? Why aren't you here? We all do that in our life. The evil one is so good about in that place of weakness, pushing us to escape, pushing us to self-condemnation, pushing us to shame, pushing us to self-righteousness, self-reliance, all those places, oftentimes to sloth. All those places where we ultimately lose that beautiful opportunity to bear witness to Jesus, my faith is real, and I believe. You know, those moments in our life where we truly struggle are really the testing grounds where our faith either grows or we become more solidified in the lukewarmness of what the evil one wants in our life with our faith. You know, so often... We want to say, Lord, why don't you liberate me from this suffering? Oftentimes, because the Lord permits that suffering because it's a moment where our heart is stretched and our heart has to choose a greater, more perfect, purified love. The love that Jesus gave every moment of his life to us that doesn't count the cost, that turns always to his heavenly Father, and says, Lord, I entrust my life to you. I commend my spirit into your hands. Help me. 
You know, because the truth is that God will never abandon us. He always gives us the sufficient grace that's necessary to get through those sufferings. But sometimes he permits it because it's really for our greater good. It opens my heart so that I can truly love it. I went through this last week so I could become a better priest, so I could love you guys better for the years to come, so I could learn, once again, through those occasions, like, for example, going to those anointing of the sixth, the power of hope. And to believe, every time I went, God... Help me to believe that this is where my grandmother is, that I trust in your hope and life for her, just like I'm trusting this rally for these people. Lord, I trust that your words are true, your design for sexuality, and that you're with these people who struggle with same-sex attraction. Help me to be a witness of that, despite maybe persecution or rejection that comes against me. You guys have to do that in your life, too. Every day as spouses, every, every day you're called upon to reach out to your spouse in love with the possibility that they might reject you that they might be not ready for that love, that they may not receive it to your kids who are always needing you, to your grandkids, places where you're trying to abide in hope that the Lord would bless them, to the stranger and us here in the community where we're being called to pour out ourselves for the sake of the other. It's very difficult, but it's a part of our everyday life where, once again, the faith becomes real. It truly becomes light and salt. You know, you think about it, so often our faith is light, like that. You know, the, our faith becomes like salt that loses its taste or a light that doesn't truly shine, like a light bulb that's been screwed in for so many, so many years that it kind of fades and fades until it just kind of goes out. Or to use that image of light and salt, it's interesting. It's, if you turn on a light in a room that's already bright, it doesn't make that much more difference. Once again, it's easy to be light when there's light around us. The true power of our faith is when there is no light, there is no comfort. We're there with Jesus on the cross, and we turn with him to Heavenly Father and say, Lord, help me to shine the light brightly, that your love is present even here, that you never abandon us, that you've given our, your life for our salvation, that the faith is real, and I'm willing to give my life in self-gift so that I truly discover who I am as your beloved son, your beloved daughter, so that I truly discover your life in this other person that I'm being called to love in my own desolation. So we ask for that grace today to be renewed in our faith, that it would be real, especially during those times that are, are difficult. Last little thing I want to leave you with, just maybe a practical reality. You know, there were practical things that helped me to turn to the Lord this last week, maybe to resist those tendencies I had in the past to escape. I had some pretty decent prayer, which was really good, which fortified me for those difficult moments during the day time of silence, to connect with God and remember that he was walking with me. I called upon that during the day, the graces of the morning where I'd remembered he was with me and walking with me. I frequented the, sacri the sacraments more than I normally did because Father Will was gone. There was a bunch of days that I celebrated Mass three times during the day. So I was fortified by coming and being strengthened by the words I pray during the Mass and the sacrifice of love that's poured into my heart as a son of God and as a priest to go forth and give. That's what the sacraments are all about, being fortified and God's light shining in our life that so we could, like we say at the end of Mass, go forth. The Mass has ended. Share that light now with the world, within your family. I had good people around me last week who could speak truth to me, friendship and community. I called my folks a couple times to ask for prayers. I saw a friend one or two evenings where I could kind of relax with them and be built up and kind of share my struggles and truly be renewed instead of going to the television or these other things that 
I would maybe have gone to before in the evenings. All those things helped fortify me so I could truly choose to be with the Lord and be his light in the world and his salt. And I'm not sharing all this to say, good job, Father Joseph. Because <laughs> like I said, I've, I've struggled and, and this has been an area of difficult for me so often in the past. I'm sharing it just to, to lift up the reality that we all struggle with so often in our humanity. And this is the place where the rubber hits the road in our faith and where, where God is maybe just kind of desiring to insert himself into our hearts today. So with those practical realities, maybe reflecting on where are areas in my life that I'm not building up that firm foundation so that when those difficult moments come, I have a structure of relationship with God and safety nets to fall into so that I can be light in that place of darkness, salt and believe it when it matters. Maybe I need to recommit to prayer every day, quality prayer that's actually talking to God. Maybe I need to increase my frequenting of the sacraments, coming to daily mass once a week if I just come on the weekends, coming to confession more often, once a month instead of just once a year, practicing prayer in my family, praying with my spouse and my kids every night to invite God into our life and give him the graces of the day, praying with my spouse as I go to bed with her or him, Inviting God into that sacrament of love that we've committed to that's so often to say yes to in those difficult moments when we're fighting, when we hate each other, but we're still called to love each other. How can you recommit to all those things today? And, and lastly, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're coming to Mass today and you're bearing those burdens of a tough week, a tough weekend. Maybe you've got physical illness going on in your life, places where you're really struggling with physical pain, desiring God's healing. Maybe it's mental struggle right now, financial difficulties, you know, stuff going on with your kids, your grandkids, stuff at work, stress is there. Maybe it's spiritual desolation, places where you've been coming to the Lord in prayer, but you've just been dry. You haven't been experiencing his presence. Well, my dear brothers and sisters, I just invite you, like I'm going to do today, just to bring it all to the altar of salvation, where God inserts himself into our heart and gives us the truth of his light and his love, that we might be vivified receive the grace that we need to go forth and love, to be light and salt unto the world who needs us. We ask for these graces in Jesus' name. Amen.